Okay, wait, say your title again. Global Director of Online Sales. (laughs) Yeah, baby. The views expressed on this recording are solely those of the artists, and by no means do we encourage or condone violence against law officials. Oh, it's for you. It's for you. That's the intro music. Welcome to Blue Cheese. What episode is it, Taryn? 14. EP 14. I'm Ebony L. Haynes. Tom is in the house. We're at Montez Press. Size in the house. Taryn is physically in the house this episode. Clap for Taryn. Yay, Taryn's here. <laughs> and please welcome my lovely guest. Christiana Ine Kimba Boyle. What a sexy mic voice you have. (laughs) I'll take it. That's impressive. Um, (laughs) Christiana is, I mean, to say a homegirl does not do it justice. I'm really (laughs) excited to have you here today. Excited to be here. And just a reminder for everyone listening, we're starting this episode, every episode, with our guests sort of go-to song currently or regular Mm go-to. And I'm just going to play a little bit of your go-to song Mm -hmm. and then we can chat about it Mm -hmm. because I'm excited. Go for it. (laughs) Look, my bitch is all bad, my niggas all real. I ride in dick in some big tall hills, big fat checks, big large bills, burn out flip like 10 car wheels, cold ass bitch. I give raw chills, 10 different looks and my looks all kill. I kiss them in the mouth, I feel all grills, heat in the car, that's wheels on wheels. I was born to flex, diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets, I like morning sex But nothing in this world that I like more than checks Money All I really wanna see is the Money I don't really need a D, I need the Money All a bad bitch need is the Money I got bands in the coop Bussin' out the roof I got bands in the coop Touch me, I'll shoot I'll shake a little ass I mean, you could probably sing every word to this song, right? I love this song it's really, it's really the hype maker. Mm-hmm. There's also um, half a billion mm-hmm. listens to it yep. right now. Yep, it's like the anthem. Something happened to it. Um, can it's you do you anthem. have a do you have a little insight into why it's your <laughs> anthem or how long it's been your anthem? Uh, I started. Okay, so. I got into Cardi B when most people got into Cardi B. Like, I think, what was it, summer of 2017, I think? So when she really started, like, rising. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I mean, was that that during or post? um, Bodak Yellow? No. Uh, Oh, shit. I'm going to be called out for not remembering the name. (laughs) What's the show that she was on? Oh, uh, Love and Hip Hop. Love and Hip Hop. That was... That was uh, before she actually had a song, before, so it was like her yeah. trying to come up. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't really know any songs, but I think she might have actually had a song when that show was up. Yeah. But yes, 2017. Yeah, 2017. I mean, I had just graduated school. I was hustling, interning, like struggling, just like grinding. And I, like, I just, I was looking for something, you know, like spiritually, like musically, just to, 
sort of like laser into and focus on. So I like used to listen to her all the time <laughs> on my way to work. And then I think this song dropped like what, 2018? 2018. Yeah, 2018. And I used to like, I had a job then that I really did not like. And I would just play that shit on the bus, like on the way to work. And I'd just be like, I'm thinking money I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna feel good I'm gonna go and do this job that I don't want to do but like I need to do it to get to where I need to be that's awesome yeah so that was what that song was for me um I really feel this way now I need some money I need cheese for my eggs I need mad cheese for my egg you know how much cheese you need for your eggs in New York <laughs> So much cheese. Mad cheese. So much cheese. Mad um, I have a few things to say, but the first yeah. thing I just thought of was, uh, I don't know if I said this. Did I say this when Akeem was here? But when, there's always a story with him that I remember where we've known each other for a long time, Akeem Smith, and one day he called me about something, and um, he was like, what are you doing, E-Money? Um, are you busy? <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm just on the bus. And he was like, ooh, humble pie. (laughs) And I was like, nigga, sometimes people have to take the bus. (laughs) (laughs) But also, it's not even about being humble and like, whatever, man. Take the bus, take the subway, however you got to get around. But I I call him out on that all the time. I was like, remember when you tried to call me a humble pie for taking the bus? (laughs) Watch your classism, son. Low-key drag. Low key drag. He was a low key drag. <laughs> Love you, Akeem. Um, are you able to share what your first internship out of school was? Uh, well, can I you share my first internship in school? Of course, you can share whatever internship you like. I love talking about internships. Um, so the first internship that I did while I was still in college was I worked at this small gallery called C24, which is right across the street oh, from. Oh, of Giga course. Gen, yeah. Yeah. They've since closed, haven't they? No, they're no, still, they're still open. around. Okay. Sorry, teach you for it. No, no, no. <laughs> they're but yeah, still yeah, open. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, I interned at Paddle. I was just like, I was hustling. And like looking back at it now, I'm just like, I wasn't, I don't, I think I thought those were the things that I needed to do. You know, like I think I was just like, okay, I need to do this and then I need to do that. Like I wasn't really focusing on like what I actually wanted. I don't think I've like really, I've really started figuring out what I actually really wanted within my career like until like the last two years or so um but yeah I went to Paddle and then I went to Gagosian because I was just like oh I have to work at all these places like that's yeah. how that's how I get and it like to be honest it's kind of true you yeah know? like you have to have these names or like have these associations to get to certain places makes it a little easier a little easier especially as like a young black girl from the Bronx like I you know I was kind of starting from scratch so yeah I I feel like I did have to be in those places to like get access to the types of people that I needed to get access to and like meet and become friends with to get opportunities, which is wild. Man, that's so exhausting. It's so it's true though. When you said the people you need access to and to meet, it's such a it's just feels like such a club when you're coming in from the outside. Yeah. But you do feel like you need to you know that um when you work at a gallery and you just want to I don't know if maybe you didn't feel this way. I'll speak for myself, but in the early days, especially sometimes I just wanted to go home. <laughs> like I just wanted to go. I remember you my don't first. Feel like that, like, right now. <laughs> I mean, now I do, now I do, but now I have less. I have less. Um, 
connections I care about making. Yeah. I realized that people who I thought I needed to know, some of them were just a waste of time yeah. and are super disrespectful and won't rate me no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. So I realized it, it's like, it, it's, you know, it's taken a decade though. Yeah. But in the beginning, I'm like, man, I'm fucking tired. I've been at the gallery for six days and like four of those nights are going out because I think I have to go to the opening. Yeah. And yeah, I call it social Olympics. It's the social Olympics. <laughs> How many people in the art world were so happy with the pandemic? Yeah, I know. Because they didn't have to go to openings. Yeah. It's kind of sad. I mean, it's weird. It's like this. It shouldn't it be fun. I mean, it was some of it was fun. Some of it was fun. It can be fun when you're with the right people. Sure. When you find yes. the right place, then it's like totally. it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. You know, I frequented a many real fine arts opening and that was really fun <laughs> i think i was there every weekend for like five years yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's more of the you know you get invited to a dinner yeah and i used to do this thing where i would think that if i didn't go it was the one time that i would miss that mm. like a window mm. it really fucked me up though it yeah. made me do social olympics even more because i i really i i don't know why i thought that i was delusional i thought that if i went to the moma dinner yeah i would probably be seated yeah next to one person <laughs> who was going to change my career <laughs> that sounds so fucked up to say aloud i haven't actually said that out loud before i don't think but yeah. it, it, thinking about it now there's all these moments running through my brain of like i didn't need to be at those places and i didn't actually talk to anybody that helped me grow or yeah. that I even maintained contact with yeah. but I would force myself to go I remember like paying for Ubers to get to these weird foundation and fundraising things so I thought I had to show up yeah. and I didn't meet a single fucking person Yeah, I had like a tiny hamburger slider <laughs> and a $40 <laughs> Uber not the hamburger slider but I was always waiting for this moment you know it's like oh if I go yeah. there's going to be this patron there who's going to like give me this job that's going to change everything um I mean, I'm naturally an introvert, so it's just I have to really have a reason to go somewhere or I'm just not going to be there. And I feel like as I've gotten older and I understand how important it is to be social within this, the world that we work in, like I've, I've gotten better at going to things, but I was very selective as an intern. Mm. Like I was always making sure... <laughs> I was always making sure I was getting paid for something. Like, even if it was just, That's like, so $20 smart. a day. Like, I was just like, okay, cool, y'all bet. Y'all want me here at, like, from 6 till 9 o'clock? Am I, like, going to get extra pay for that? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're so ahead of the fucking game. <laughs> but that was my mom. Oh, my that's mom was so just like, smart. She was like, you need to make sure that you're getting paid. Which is, like, why, like, I love that song so much. Because I'm just, like, a black woman straight up just saying, like, yeah, I love money. I deserve to for have real. money. I deserve to be paid for my labor. I deserve to show off my wealth. You know, like those are things that have not always been reserved for black women, for yeah. black people, for black folks to openly discuss and talk about. So yeah. it's true. I mean, I unfortunately, the reason I like to try and um, be available for free is specifically for black students. Yeah is to help other people learn from those mistakes I made. Yeah. Like, you don't actually have to um, do free, like provide free labor for people. Yeah. And 
if it's not gonna help you grow or benefit you in some way just check why you're doing it because yeah. i used to have the mentality of i'm happy to be at this moma table yeah i'm using the moma a couple of times specifically because there's this one dinner that i really <laughs> i felt physically ill i felt like i was coming down with something this was years ago and i really didn't want to go out and i forced myself to go mm. and i had a terrible time mm. i was sat at a table that i didn't really talk to anybody I couldn't eat the food. I felt really nauseous. It was just like, what am I doing here? There was no other black people at my table. Did anyone check on you? No. It was it was like a be thankful to be invited to the thing. Yeah. Which I thought I should go because I was invited. I have to yeah. go. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. I have a photo of me from that dinner and Kim Cattrall from Sex and the City was there. <laughs> so I pretended to take a selfie and she's in the background. <laughs> That's the one memory I have of that dinner. You have to send me that selfie. I'll send it to you. That's wild. And it's like it was like eight years ago. It's so crazy. That's wild. Um, this was my song then. Oh no, wait, not this one. <laughs> this was my song. Yeah. I actually used to post this. Um, I hate Rick Ross though, just for the record. But before you know, I, I have a funny story about him. Though. I've, I've made a, I'm trying to make a rule not to talk about Rick Ross yeah. anymore or J. Cole mm-hmm. but if you want to <laughs> talk about him that's cool I do not want to talk about J. Cole I feel like well, I don't talk about him either no it's not a J, it's not a Rick Ross hate <laughs> and Kanye love podcast but to give not Rick Ross props but this song yeah. I used to post every month I would make the, there was like this um, it was like a monthly calendar mm-hmm. so like June, July every day would just say hustling mm-hmm and I would make it just as my own mental yeah. like, reflection moment. Yeah. And I have them all still. And I posted some of them on my <laughs> when Facebook was my thing. And every once in a while, a month would feel really tough. And I would just post a picture of the whole month that says hustling. It was like this green calendar. It's interesting to see how that term has like become like so commodified. Because you're, you're hustling, but really what you're doing is just like slave labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, yo, I'm grinding. It's like, grinding. you being exploited. <laughs> we grind. That's not grinding. <laughs> That's the opposite of grinding. You're fucking working for free. Uh, I like grinding, that song. Oh, yeah, let's play that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, did you know that? What were you going to say about Rick Ross? Oh, well. <laughs> you can talk about him. I'm not going to talk. I No, I was just going to talk about how he used to come to... My mom works as an account executive for uh, LVMH, specifically with Guerlain. And she, like, works at the counter sometimes. With LVMH? Yeah, like the, the brand. LV. LVMH. What's the MH stand for? It's like uh, Am I Moet, stupid? Moet Hennessy. Oh, Hennessy. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he used to come to Saks all the time. That's when my mom was like still working there, and he'd like hit on my mom. So Rick Ross, Rick Ross, Rick Ross could have been my stepdaddy. Ew. <laughs> oh my god! But my mom had some sons, so yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. What's his stupid Instagram name? Mm-hmm. Rose Flossie or something? <laughs> Is that any worse than Champagne Poppy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. For sure. I'm positive. It's like on the same level. No, it's not. Okay. I'm not gonna. <laughs> For all of I'm, my I'm not going to hit the, the Drake slander because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get into that. I'm not going to hit Drake. Shade. Drake's the best. So careful. Who's, this you're is from, my podcast. You're from Canada. It so has nothing biased. to do with Canada. Okay. 
Okay, it has to do with talent. Every time I listen to, you guys know about the story of the Clips Brothers. That they, I mean, like most rappers, not most, but many rappers who talk about the hustle, they actually were coke dealers and sellers. NBA. NBA. And this is, am I being a op right now? I don't Are you being I should, a snitch? I don't know if I should, I mean, it's public, it's like out there information. I, I'm not, it's not like secret code in the green room. If it's room. out there, it's out there, you know? Well, <laughs> what can I say now? I'll say that. <laughs> no, I'm trying to make le- less cuts per episode. <laughs> it's too much work. <laughs> I'm like, Darren, just let it ride. <laughs> so, basically, there was some unsavory business dealings with one brother, mm. potentially snitched him esque. Mm. But there's a reason that um, one is making solo albums and the other is not. How about I just say it like that? One of them is still in the music business and one isn't. Okay. One of them is signed to good music and one is not. Mm -hmm. It's no longer clips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I always wonder what happened to the other one. Uh Oh, should we cut this, Terry? (laughs) Someone's going to come for me. No, they're not. Um, you know, this made me think when I was just reflecting on um, yeah. some of the my past year, my earlier years here. If you've ever seen that movie Sliding Door. No. Oh, have you guys seen anyone in the room seen Sliding Door? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I feel like there might be a song from it. I really oh, love I know. The, the Neptunes. Me too. Yeah. Pharrell was poppy back in the day. Still is Poppy. Pharrell was Poppy? Yeah, he was Poppy. For me? That's for, so cute. For young Christiana. Oh my God. Oh my God. I had the biggest crush on him from like when I was like six till. Oh my God. Until like I was like 15. When you were six? Maybe God. like six or seven. <laughs> yeah, I know. Start him early. I had a huge crush on him. I thought he was like an artistic genius. I was like, his well, you were correct. Early. Yeah, I, I was. Um, (laughs) yeah, you have good taste. Oh my God. I love Pharrell too. I mean, what do I want to, I have so many things to say. Let me write down Pharrell so I don't forget. (laughs) Let's talk about Pharrell first and I'll talk about sliding doors. (laughs) Do you watch, um, does anyone here follow Nardwar interviews? Have you seen the one with the Neptunes? Yes. Because it's mind blowing. Yeah, I have. What's interesting about that. Did you know that Pharrell is the one who told Jay-Z to do the Nardwar interview. Really? It, yeah, because Nardwar was trying to get Jay-Z to do it and he was just dismissing it. And Pharrell was like, nigga, you got to do this interview. He's going <laughs> to blow your mind. <laughs> and, but then Jay-Z gave him an interview and he, I, I don't, I'm speculating, but something was up. He was like, he had like just hit the blunt. He was high. He was wearing sunglasses. It was yeah. like um, Blueprint 3 Jay-Z times huh. like before Bay. Yeah. And he was not a good interviewee. Yeah, I it mean, was not a good. It was like maybe the only not good Nardware interview I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, those were those were a different days. Those were different times. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the Blueprint series. Also about Pharrell, I feel like I'm I'm a fucking book of trivia. I didn't even realize it. Spill it. I thought I was. So. Did you see that? <laughs> it's really just based on watching things on the internet and listening to music for too long. Yeah. But. 
um, what's that show? I don't even know what the real show is, but LeBron James and all of these black oh, guys sitting in, in the, the barbershop. <laughs> you saw, you must have seen the Travis Scott one. Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone listening, Travis Scott asks, Pharrell's in the room and he's like, the only thing I know, like the first thing I want to ask you is, what do you say? Like, is it true you only mm-hmm. wash your face with cold water? Because he looks so young. <laughs> yeah. Taryn, how old is Pharrell? That's your Google searchable. I think he's, he's like, 50. Yeah, I think so. Um, Does he look that young? I think he looks pretty young. I think he looks good for his age. 48. He's 48. That's not shade. That's just No, that's not shade. That's not shade. He takes very good care of himself. Yeah, he takes really good but care I of himself. But I think he like he looks around his age. <laughs> But that's not that's not shade. Where's my shade button? That's not shade. No, I that's actually that's not all right. He looks great. Moving he on. looks great. He looks fantastic. I also was I was super enamored. I wasn't in love with Pharrell. I didn't have like a crush on him that way, but I was super enamored with his music come up. Yeah. Um like they did Rex and Effects Rum Shaker. Mm-hmm. Which like you know like I, I i love that they were these really great producers before they came forward mm-hmm. and do you know his wife have you ever seen his wife yeah i have yeah i was that's just this weird thing that i love he has like five kids he does or like i don't know like like three She's looking four. at Taryn for fact checking <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how many kids he has but i has loved his wife kids. was married in a wedding dress made of tartan yes i saw that like they they were both she's just like really she's cool. really cool yeah and I love that everything about her is like so obscure. Like you can't easily find out information about her. Maybe she's a real star. I mean, that's <laughs> usually the case. Yeah, she's a real star. There it is. I still can't search on my Spotify. Um, I do, oh my god, I literally so okay. There was one time. This was before I moved to Houston when I was a kid, but I I found. Um, an NARD album Mm -hmm. and I went to like a lyrics website and I printed the lyrics for each song stop (laughs) stop it so I could read it on the plane back to New York I swear to god and I was so scared I was like my uncle is gonna see this shit and he's gonna be like oh my god they're talking about sex (laughs) they're talking about all this bad stuff what are you doing we're gonna send you back home I, I was so scared and Aww. I just printed it out and I like read it and I was like, oh my god, Pharrell, he's so great. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, it's actually like really embarrassing, but no, that is the cutest story. I, I think him when I was a kid. Have you ever been close to him? Have you ever seen them perform or like? No, but <laughs> my mom and I were at IKEA and I I swear to God I saw this guy that looked like Pharrell and I like went up to him and I was like, are you Pharrell? Because he had a mask on and I was like. I mean, of recently? course, recently, why would Pharrell be at IKEA? I know. <laughs> well, like, he said he had a mask these are, the, this is These are the times when I question why I do the things I do. But I really yeah. thought that it was, I thought it was Pharrell. It wasn't, but, you know. Did you ask him? I did. What did he say? <laughs> he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so flattered. You could tell that I made his day. <laughs> That's also another embarrassing story. That's cute. <laughs> I would love to meet him. Also, it's interesting that I want to look. Um, I mean, I'm really. I know they've had some amazing albums on their own, but I love the. Um, 
you know, they're also amazing producers and they produced, they were like the main, they were the label and producer for Kaylee's first album. I didn't know that actually. And then. But that makes so much sense. Yeah. I mean, it was so out there in terms of sound. Yeah. And then unfortunately, as it happens, you know, people fall out and things happen. Yeah. But, oh, look at Sai. This is so sweet. <laughs> We're small the technologies here. I'm th- you're such a sweetie. This is, like, Montez Press is the best crew. I'm going to play, since it's working here. See, it's not working here either. Am I doing something wrong? Oh, it's just a little bit slow, too. It's okay. Here, you can take this. I don't want to I don't want to clog up the machine, but I just want everyone listening to know that people here are actively trying to problem solve while I'm <laughs> complaining. It's very awesome. It's a, as I've been saying, it's a Mercury retrograde. Yes. This is produced by Neptunes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell. You know, um, Chad Hugo is like, the, uh, yeah. there's like, but there's three members of the Neptunes and I'm so sad. I know the other, the other What's the other guy's name? That we do not know. <laughs> we don't, we, I, I just lost like a star on my black oh, card. Oh man, no, wait, I know his name. I know his name. Um, Pharrell, Chad, Chad. <laughs> Back checker, please. We might have to cut this. Um, Taryn, for the record, next time you come in, you just have to be searching actively while we're trying to think. <laughs> I feel so bad. I don't remember his name. Anyways. He was on the cover of that one album. With a, Let's not talk about Neptunes. We don't know enough to talk about <laughs> Neptunes. Sorry, Neptunes. It's You'll never dry. hear this anyway. It's fine. Sorry. Um, I was going, so I was going to go, I'm going back to Sliding Door. Uh-huh. Sliding Door was a movie starring Gwyneth Paltrow Mm -hmm. um, 1998 Mm -hmm. and she had a British accent for it (laughs) it was uh, basically the premise is like what happens when you when one thing in your day or this moment changes and Mm -hmm. affects how everything else plays out forever Mm -hmm. and in this movie the one thing was that she's in London and she's grabbing the tube mm. and in one version of the movie she catches the train okay and in the other movie she just misses it okay so in the version where she catches it I feel like I'm spoiling it for everyone whatever spoiler alert <laughs> this is important for me to share um, but you can watch I won't say how it plays out but in the version where she catches the train where she just makes it like someone holds it for her mm-hmm. She catches her fiance cheating on her. Oh, on the train? No, when she gets home. Oh, okay. So in the version where she misses the train, it yeah. delays her enough that she just oh, that misses. She misses. Okay. And it, and you see what happens when when she goes on those two tracks. So I was thinking of a very interesting question, potentially a new segment, <laughs> because I think that everybody has. I don't I don't know I've thought of this a few times you know like if there was a moment I could go back and think what if I 
you know, did that thing different or did that this uh, other thing different? Yeah. Would I be in a new path? So you don't have to you don't have to divulge a moment that you think you could have done differently because that's quite personal. Yeah. But if you were living a different life with like career, maybe city, you know. Yeah. Do you have an idea of what that might be? Um, if you were not working for everyone listening, this diva is the first of everything at pace <laughs> gallery. And you can just Google her cause you'll get about two pages of articles. Please. Hype me up. I feel like I should play the money song again. Just for <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Please. Um, I probably still be in Houston to be honest. Yeah. And what do you think you'd be doing? Uh, probably like I don't know like an engineer or something to be very honest with you what kind of engineer like mechanical mechanical engineer, engineer. see what I'm saying I'm actually I'm not surprised I was expecting something to be the complete opposite <laughs> you didn't even say something kind of creative like fashion or music or well, advertising I mean there's two different ways I could have gone I feel personally but if I hadn't taken a chance on, because I was going after two things when I came back to New York. I was 15, and I asked my mom, I was like, Mom, can we please move back to New York? Because I don't really see myself living here. And my mom easily could have said no, and I easily could have just pushed back and or not pushed back and just stayed there, right? Go to Baylor, study engineering, become mm. like a mechanical engineer. Is like, Baylor like an engineering place? Yeah, Baylor like rice. I was really good at math. Mm, <laughs> like me too. I was going to be an actuarial scientist. That's uh-huh. what I think about often. Yeah. I was really into I was like, I'm going to be XI. <laughs> I used to write Mae Jameson when I was a kid. Oh, my God. Yeah. She never wrote back, though. <laughs> May, you broke my heart. You're the reason why I'm not an astronaut. Oh. <laughs> No, I'm just. That's joking. so sweet, though. Yeah, no, I actually used Maybe to. Maybe somebody when I was will send this to someone <laughs> connected. It'll make its way. It'll, It'll make, make its, its way. One day, one day, this will be the pod that does that. <laughs> Mechanical engineer. Yeah, I did. I thought about it. That's that was like my mom's dream, but my mom was always really supportive of me going to like the creative realm. My uncle is an actor and a filmmaker mm. in Nigeria, so it's like I mean. It wasn't unexpected. She works in fashion. She was a model in the 80s. My dad works in fashion. Your so. mom was a model in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she works in fashion now, but I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, that's how, like, that's how she paid for school when she got here. Like, literally, she couldn't, she she came here. She was a flight attendant for Nigeria Airways. She came here to go to school. She didn't have any money. She was, like, working, like, in the auditorium at her college or something, and they were, like, paying her, like, 250 an hour or something. So she was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the Revlon building, which is like now the Condé Nast mm-hmm. building, I think. Or it, no, it's where FA, FAO Schwartz is. Was. Was. Yeah, exactly. Right? Isn't FAO Schwartz closed? It's closed. Yeah. Yeah. But she went there and she like went to the Revlon building, went up, asked to know if there were any go sees. They were like, they told her to come out of specific time they sent her to macy's she went to did a did a co a go see that's when like they were doing modeling like in the store like wearing fur coats and stuff mm. and that's like whoa yeah. yeah that's how she started modeling that's amazing <laughs> yeah yeah and she used that to pay for school and then she that's how she also got into like beauty brands and all of that 
She met my dad, and then she took that on. I feel like your mom gets this song too. She gets that song too. <laughs> big fat checks, big large bills, big fat checks, big large bills. That's your mom. Mm-hmm. Does she, she have any photos of that life? Yeah, so many. My mom was a baddie. Oh, she really loved it. Can you tell her to give me that she Maggie? She still is. Maggie? Yeah. I- everyone listening i'm just gonna put you on blast because it's been about six months mm-hmm. no it's been like a year for anybody i'm gonna drag myself yeah drag yourself girl because it's uh, unacceptable <laughs> and it also was like a whole panorama so you know there's been a lot going on yeah it's okay <laughs> anybody who is first generation black i'm just gonna say black because <laughs> first generation caribbean mm-hmm. or continent mm-hmm you love msg your parents cook with it your aunties cook with it it's not it's not something that you advertise no msg on a menu we love that shit my sister has it like a shaker like a salt shaker i there's nothing wrong with msg everything white people tell you is a lie of like headaches and shit maybe some people have allergies too but some people are allergic to garlic you know like it could be an allergy. I mean, nothing is nothing is worse with M- than an MSG than salt. Is all I'm saying. Like it, it has a bad rap. Uh, you you want to listen? I do. I, mean, I do. I think I'm that still gonna eat my MSG, but like I'm not gonna sit here and be like it's you know. I okay. Listen, it's not you're not <laughs> eating a grapefruit, right? Like it's yeah. not a natural substance. Yeah. But I think that it's been. It's like villainized on the spice rack. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You could use it the way you people put garlic. Which is interesting. People use garlic salt, which is just as mechanically engineered. engineered yeah. Which is interesting because most of the dishes that MSG are used in are like delicious. Yeah, but they're also like they come from like BIPOC communities. T- that's what I'm saying. That's why I was just you know not just black sure BIPOC communities, but yeah, but black people. For sure. For sure. So <laughs> I when before I moved to New York, um, I shopped a lot at West Indian markets in Toronto because they were just readily available. And that's just kind of how I grew up. Yeah. And we would have what people here call bouillon cubes. <laughs> but people they're actually here. called Maggie. I mean, the grocery stores here, I don't I don't yeah. have access to this i mean there's probably there's markets that i could seek out definitely is in brooklyn yeah. and around new york i just haven't but um the like the cube of spice man it's so essential for so many things i used to have special ones especially the shrimp yeah ones that yeah. came from the west indian market that were just so special for shrimp dishes yeah anyways here i use the general maggie in the goya aisle mm-hmm. no shade maggie <laughs> if you're listening i'd love a sponsorship i put you in everything me too put me in there chicken beef that special that like maggie juice yeah it's in all of my marinated meat but mm-hmm. christiana put me on to the plug maggie there's nigerian maggie yo which where's is my like, air horn burr, burr, burr. That's, that's like what i want it's like maggie on crack it's like i'm pretty sure that they put like two times the amount of like msg that's traditionally oh, delicious and maggie but it's so good. You know that MSG that you just feel there's like it's tingling. tingle on the side of your tongue. Like you just you eat you t- bite into that chicken and you think it's just salty at first. But then after a while, it like goes up to your ear. You oh, know, so good. I worked at a place. I used to like order curry from this specific Thai restaurant, like maybe like three times a week. 
I was working at this this certain place that I will not name. <laughs> and um, I remember my boss, the owner of this certain place that shall not be named, yes. walking into the room and being like, you know, there's chemistry in there. That's not the worst thing that you were going to say. I thought it was going to be worse. You know there's MSG in there. And I'm like, yeah, no. It's good, though. It's so delicious. It's so good. And I used to, like, take so much pride in ordering that three times a week and just, just stanking up the whole them. place. Yeah. Heat it up with that fish. Just oh, my the, God. You got just fish the, curry. The aromas and the air. Oh. They hated me. I'm sure. I'm sure they hated that. <laughs> it was good, though. It was good. Everyone listening. So as soon as you bring me my, like, secret Nigerian I'll MSG I'll drop by Zorner with the MSG drop delivery. By, you know, I'll make I'm a delicious <laughs> meal, and I'll bring some for you and your moms to thank you for the MSG plug. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, do you know, speaking of smelly foods at work. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to open up this Pandora's box? No, I realize I just don't have to name any names. Um, <laughs> but the industry we work in, mm-hmm. the art world, we don't have uh-huh. to be cryptic about that part. Uh-huh. There are, you know, legacies of people in spaces uh, who I don't know. If the, see, this is what I'm saying. This is just a little bit of gossip stories that have i've kind of carried for 10 years somebody vetted it but i'm not sure anyways <laughs> i heard from my vetted. first boss uh-huh. that a gallery a very big gallery in chelsea and my first boss was an owner of a gallery in chelsea so i that's that's the vetting of it you know like i don't think that they would have lied on another gallery but um a very big gallery in chelsea would not let their staff eat lunch that was hot so you could only you were limited to salads and sandwich because there could not. That's idea. That what thing kind about of smell. war camp tease? When I talked to somebody else about it who worked at a different larger gallery, they told me that that was the sh- that was the same vibe at their work. Oh my god! And that's why you know so <laughs> so much tea. Um, <laughs> this deserves its own podcast. I know. Uh, You got fired. Tom just said he got. She came down. down, She had a little lunchroom. She was basing. I was like a gallery manager. My first job out of college. Down the street from Punjabi Grocery. Wait, Tom, come to this mic. Get a microphone. Roll up. Mike has to get a mic. Go ahead. Hello, hello. All right. Yes. I feel very passionate about this. Good. Let me hear it. So, first job out of college. Yeah. um, Eating in the basement. Down the street from Punjabi. Amazing. Cheap food. Mm -hmm. That's where I had to eat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm eating in the basement. I do this a couple times. One day, the director comes down. And she's like, oh, what do you have there? <laughs> like, you know, Punjabi. And she's like, oh, it's very pungent. I'm like, what do you what? mean? Like, the smell? She's like, such a pungent no. smell. You can smell it upstairs. She's like smiling. I'm like, okay, like whatever. <laughs> 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 and then she's like, you know, at the last gallery I worked at, we weren't allowed to eat brown food. Oh. No, and I'm sitting there like brown food. That's how she said it, and I'll never forget. She said it that way, and I'm like, like the curry's brown, I'm brown. (laughs) (laughs) The people who gave me the food are brown. (laughs) What what kind of brown are we talking? (laughs) Brown. Yeah, and that was um, 
there are a couple other things like after that that I I was just like not having it there. I kept getting Punjabi. Yeah. There's a couple other things I did like <sighs> let the art handlers use the upstairs bathroom. That was like a no no. Love that. Break the. And rules. then f- yeah, and then finally one day she was like, no, I was like she got mad at me for doing it again. I was like, wait, like why? And then she's like, they leave weird stuff in there. I was like, what weird stuff? She's like, one time they left an M M&M and M in the toilet, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like. Is that so psychologically twisted and horrifying for you? To, I was like, is that really it? Like, you have nothing else? Anyway, so those two things, and then a third thing, which was uh, me looking for another job on work hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, sk- I, I skipped a day. I didn't show up. They went on my computer, saw my history, so I was looking for another job. Damn. And I got fired. They I went was on like, your computer, the though? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was like the work computer. Still. But yeah. But, they did a search. But the fucking brown food thing, oof. I talk, I, I tell yeah, that they one deserve all. to be aired out on that one. But you I drop names every other time rock. I tell this story. And I, well, I we're on a no-name dropping vibe. I won't do it here. But <laughs> Save it for the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's all. I had to cut it. <laughs> I really I'm appreciate that, Tom. That's but that, that, that culture is fucked up. And after we cut, I'm going to guess which gallery it is because I think I don't even know your history, but I just want to guess. Um, but that's fucked up it's like yeah. also so I'm not claiming to change any game because mm-hmm. it's I'm not I, you know you and I are oddities in the world we live in work in but I'm we're not going to do a paradigm shift unfortunately yeah. however we are changing things slightly mm-hmm. one thing I'm really excited about changing is not the food of course my staff can order whatever fucking food they want like we can have roti Sundays <laughs> or whatever um, tofu but this culture of only getting vacation in August. Oh my God. So for anyone listening, for if you work, yeah, if you work at an art gallery, now listen, I have to tread a bit lightly here because I'm not proposing every gallery changes the game mm-hmm. in anything I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not representing artists. I think representation is actually really important. Mm-hmm. I'm just choosing not to because they can get that somewhere else. Yeah. You know, other things are important that I'm just not doing. It's just an alternative. I'm not proposing it be th- Look how you can tell that I've been beaten down <laughs> by the trolls You're like by having to give disclaimers. Like, okay, I'm always shooting guys, fucking prefaces. It's out. like, listen, it's not an all black anything, mm-hmm. okay? Can you see the What's wrong the with names in the list? Black. And if it was, who cares? Everything. But I'll do whatever I want. That's the point. It's like the model. It's a different model I'm yeah. curating. Anyways, uh, we'll talk about that another time. What am I talking about? Vacation. So one thing I'm doing is talking about being beat down for your food, being beat down with your personal time. Yeah. And most galleries for the people in the back only get vacation in August. Mm. And that's because the galleries closed in August. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get a variation of the weeks in August. Often it's dictated, if you're in a small, you know, mid to smaller gallery with less staff, it's often dictated where you all take it together at the same time, you know, and this is your time off, everyone. In some ways it's good because you collectively agree to yeah, be on a mental off. break. Yeah. So you are truly off. Yeah. There's a huge benefit to that. Yeah. I'm choosing to be open every day of like every week not every every week of the year because mm-hmm. maybe my assistant needs to go to a wedding yeah. or 
whatever the fuck they want to do. I don't know. Even yeah. Maybe somebody has a kid and needs to take spring break off yeah. and not just hire a nanny to do it. Or maybe somebody, I don't know, your life, maybe you want to, you know, take a long weekend. Maybe you want to spread it out and not take a full week yeah. and take like short weeks throughout the month or something. I don't know. But the fact that you're not given that opportunity in most galleries. I so there's pros say, and cons. Though, because the last two galleries I've worked at have been pretty good with vacation. And I know that I'm pretty new at pace, but I, I've like assessed the culture, and it seems like when people are like, "I'm out of office," they're like, "I'm out of office," and they take it. Right? That's like, good. That's healthy. And it's yeah, it makes me feel comfortable about like. I mean, right now I just started, so I don't feel like I have like the space to really take a vacation, or neither do I want to. But yeah. there's that opening there where I feel comfortable, and I've not always felt like that. Like I've worked totally. at galleries where it's been like. You want to take a vacation? Okay, cool bet. Check your email every morning. For real, that's what I'm talking about. Because I'm the same. You're Pace, I'm Zwerner. These are slightly different entities in terms of the support and the capacity of the gallery, yeah. right? I'm thinking more of the smaller galleries, smaller galleries yeah. where you are super important to the daily operations. So yeah. it's good and bad, right? They actually need you there. So when you do take time off, and like I said, everyone takes time off, you feel rewarded with a real mental break. Yeah. But over 10 years, I have definitely encountered moments where I'm like, I really need a week off in April. Yeah. And that's not the vibe. Yeah. Or you say, I think now it might be that's easier true. to kind of yeah. work from home or work off site because of COVID and people are used to it. Yeah. That does feel a bit more the norm. But prior to that, that was not the norm. Like some shit I want, like some stories I we will not share. A, a that shit went down and I showed up to work when shit had hit the fan and I showed up to work just to show them that I was there with my bag packed ready to take off because it was an emergency. And they were like, what are you doing here? Of course. And oh I'm like in God. tears. But the culture yeah. of that industry had bred me to believe yeah. that you need, like you show up yeah. or you don't Yeah, no, I mean, return I, the next day. It's so triggering to talk about this because like I'm just remembering times where like I really probably did need some personal time mm -hmm. and I just didn't take it and I think my heart goes out to people in admin roles specifically yeah. people supporting like senior people because so much of your job is just like managing someone else's like life right and not not everyone is very like kind not everyone is very like conscious of the fact that they're putting all that load and pressure onto someone it's mm -hmm. also like a huge reason why I've taken my time was figuring out who I want to hire and for what I want to hire them for. Mm -hmm. Because like I've had, I have the opportunity to hire an assistant, but I feel like I really want to understand what the hell I'm doing before I, you know, hire someone and yeah. like entrust them with that responsibility. Like I want to make sure that they're getting the the most out of it, you know. Yeah. But anyway, like the whole vacation thing. You're right. It's true. Like, why can't you take a vacation in February? It's true. And if you are respectful of, you know, your your we sort of work around the gallery schedule, which is different than some, you know, we have yeah. our own internal operations of art fairs and exhibitions and travel yeah. for things that are related to work, and that's fine. But if you can be responsible and choose the days where it's not hectic, you should yeah. be able to go. Maybe I want to stay in New York in August. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. 
anyways we i work at a place now where that's not really an issue but likewise being open all year feels good <laughs> and um you can work and not work whenever you need as long yeah. as it's approved you yeah know? absolutely I'm I'm not going to delve into this question. I've been wanting to ask this since I knew you were coming on. Uh, what? It's not super interesting. Don't get excited. It's not juicy. <laughs> it's really I was getting ready. It's really basic. Yeah, um, but it, it's sort of around NFTs. And I don't want to go in deep because I don't know how to talk about it too much. <laughs> but I thought about maybe I could just ask you a very general question. Yeah. Is do you feel excited or hopeful or some kind of qualifying adjective there for the prospects and possibilities for art and NFT world today. Mm-hmm. Just for the record, this could change for you later and it could have been different before, but how do you feel about it right in this moment? Right in this moment, I feel like there's a bit of, I mean, this escape is changing daily. It's like it's almost like hard to keep track of everything, but I feel like the newness of it is starting to wear off. And oh wait, what before you you um, yeah pontificate on that? Yeah, can you just give everyone the reason I'm asking? Can you just like discuss your new oh, created position for yeah. for people in the back? Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, so I am the global director of online sales at Pace. Um, Where's my air horn? <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait. I do deserve that. You do deserve it. it. Let me get it. One second. I actually have an <laughs> app on my phone, but let me do it here. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yes. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait. Say your title again. Global Director of Online Sales. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I was this bitch said global thing. in front of it. That's unprecedented. Period. 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 Yeah. Because it's the reality of the yeah. situation. It is global. 24-7. <laughs> anyway, um, let me stop playing. Uh, I am also working very closely with the vice president, Lauren Panzo, and Errol Huds, who's a client uh, development director, on managing our, for- our foray into uh, the crypto world, blockchain NFTs and helping our artists sort of navigate that. <laughs> That's fucking cool. It is pretty cool. It's also um, I work with two really smart women who are very very supportive and collaborative, so it makes it a lot easier. Um, there's no way that one person could solely do that job. Absolutely. Um, so it's nice to be able to tag team in different aspects. I feel like I'm more so I'm geared towards like the more curatorial realm. And connecting with like other curators within the blockchain within the sphere so it's been like a lot of learning and there's so much happening every single fucking well i'm not gonna this is this you on the pod is all i'm just i'm trying to gas you up just not directly (laughs) i mean you're here because i want to talk to you because you're very smart and accomplished but like why it's interesting is yeah you seem to have had a tap in the digital not crypto necessarily i'm using digital but a bit broadly yeah and like ability to do things digitally like yeah create the need for the moment of the pandemic yeah for your for your work and like really innovatively think of new ways to present art which maybe wasn't crypto but digitally it was necessary and you just kind of figured it out so when i saw this role for you which was created for you as it should be 
and knowing that you, there's interest in the crypto world and your like ability to that's why you're a fucking engineer <laughs> that's why you're doing all that shit for your other job you're just figuring that shit out you are creating a new computer science degree for yourself because you're an engineer <laughs> Yeah, um, I did. I'm surprised I didn't know how to code until I became an art dealer. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know how to code. I'm an art dealer. You know, I'm like, hey, who wants to be my intern? Ring, ring. Can you guys make a website? Like, I didn't do it. So I'm just saying it's interesting to me. I'm excited to see because I know if you're really, if you really want to figure it out. Like, it's yeah. also not just the crypto world, but the blend for me with the art world because it's such a conversation right now. Absolutely. It's in the, you know auction world it doesn't really whatever people just heard of people for the first time yeah. artists but artists that we know and love i've worked with are engaging in that community and, and participating so mm -hmm. i to feel like i know the person who could potentially be a very major gap bridger yeah no pressure <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting so um yeah you don't have to expend too much on no thoughts, i'm but. i i the one thing I will say is I'm really excited and I'm excited about um, the fact that this is now another avenue specifically for curators that have been working within that realm for years mm -hmm. and no one really, really paid attention. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm excited for the artists, mm -hmm. digital artists who can now like fully expand their practice and have like a form of or a way in terms of like transact transacting and selling their work, which like normalizes it. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of opportunity and excitement within it that in the right hands i think you know could in the right hands yeah you know how i feel about not vetting the people who have the currency <laughs> but we won't go into it too much because again i'm not super well versed <laughs> i just was a part of a couple of yeah. uh what's that app called that i haven't been on again oh clubhouse. my god i was gonna talk about that clubhouse i was on my peloton oh yeah you were on and you, you were, were like, listening yeah. oh my god i forgot I, you know, it's funny. I talked about that that clubhouse today. You did. Like, we. That's what we're not trying to trying to do. Yeah. Trying to be. Yeah. I mean, I got. Because it's just like a bunch of white bros. It's just. I mean, it was really. <laughs> like um, cut the noise. I was invited to a clubhouse conversation mm -hmm. from a friend mm -hmm. who's a very well known artist and somebody who I love and. Yeah. Um. I was new to Clubhouse. I'd done a couple. I did like an interview and I wasn't super well versed. I feel like an old lady is like, oh, I was this thing called MySpace. <laughs> I was like, I had a Clubhouse page. I don't know. Someone Clubhouse texted me. mad confusing when you first start using yeah, it. Yeah, I wasn't really sure how to engage with it. And it was just a very casual text from this person yeah. who was like, yo, Ebo, a bunch of us are going to get in a room and just like hang out and chat and chill. We'd love for you to like, come and join us and at the time I really thought it meant this was being used like a pandemic friend like a three-way call yeah you know like everyone can come in and chat and hang out and not do a zoom or so I don't know yeah. I was just like oh cool because I said he gave me a meeting time and I was like oh I'm in a meeting actually and then I'm heading home and I won't I like I'm putting the baby down mm -hmm. so I, I might be late like mm -hmm. I'll probably be late he's like oh just come whenever it's totally chill yeah I was like, oh, word, cool. <laughs> Hang, you know, put down my baby, pour a large glass of wine, cue uh -huh. up Real Housewives so I can watch it after this clubhouse thing. So mm -hmm. I just think we're going to like chat. Mm -hmm. And I go in and it, I'm a speaker. 
or whatever it says is that it's called like you're a host yeah you're yeah and they're talking about cryptocurrency and i'm like what the fuck why you how remember am I, here? I was texting i was like why yeah you, you were like why stage? are you on this thing and i was like girl <laughs> i don't know why are you, you're listening what's going on and like diplo was in it mm-hmm. and i was like why is diplo here well, he that's said cool. your abby was cool. he said my abby was cool and i was like oh <laughs> thanks <laughs> love diplo what's up diplo shout out diplo shout out diplo um but it was an interesting intro to that world for me because i i think the nature of the platform for that conversation via clubhouse yeah there was enough anonymity where i didn't feel like i had to be an expert to chime in i mean i was invited to speak about a particular art perspective yeah and i did and i was like y'all are talking as the developers and artists but you're not changing any of the structure mm-hmm. that already exists in the gallery. Yeah. They're like, we're going to decentralize the market. I was like, y'all ain't decentralizing decentralize shit. it for yourself. You're, you're just making the money go from instead of the gallery to you, but whose money is it? You're yeah. not changing it. It's the yeah. same people who would buy it in the gallery, but they're buying it here. That's cool, but yeah. don't use the phrase decentralize because yeah. that's wrong. And yeah. if you really want to fuck shit up, invite non-white bros to develop things or have other voices mm-hmm who are in the game. I don't know. And I just started getting frustrated and I felt people kept cutting me off. And there was this one woman in the chat who called out a bro for cutting me off and said, it's like, actually you're, you're doing I that know. thing cutting her off. I'm I like, know. What is this world, man? Y'all invited me to come and talk because you don't know any other women who can speak on it. Yeah. And I can't actually speak on it. I don't know yeah. what, it, what this fully means, but I do know it's cool. Yeah superficially cool potential a hundred percent but like what are we doing let's let's do it let's make it interesting but i'm super i'm super interested in it especially when i see artists that i'm really i really fuck with um fucking with it and putting work on those platforms and yeah kind of schooling me to it like i am I'm, I'm all for this agency it provides them i'm just yeah. i'm really more interested in how to gatekeep who has access to it if possible yeah i've been i don't know i have a, a lot of artists that are friends and i've just been talking to them because they asked me for advice on if they should make an nft which like why are you asking me that like ask yourself that i would probably ask you that too to be honest well like i mean i still feel like it's just like another medium you know like at this point like that's what i feel like it's it's like so i i feel like they should ask themselves that but i'm happy to help in terms of the process and getting it off yeah off the table off the table yeah um i'm curious just to get a feel of the room like Taryn, do you fuck with crypto? Do you own cryptocurrency or frequent any of the sites? <laughs> I don't own it. You don't own it. Uh huh. You're anti NFT. That. Well, saying you're anti s- makes it sound like you know enough to be anti <laughs> it. So you know. It's not decentralizing anything. So if you're not anti people creating a new platform for yeah. ownership and display, but you are anti potentially just reimagining the same kind of access and market. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, do you own any cryptocurrency? Crypto. You own crypto? What? Yeah. What Talk crypto? Out of here. Ethereum. Ethereum. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. And then 
Are you? Did you get Dogecoin? I want Dogecoin. I almost got Dogecoin only because of the New York Times podcast. Oh my god! The Daily episode did an interview with the guy who made millions of dollars off Dogecoin, the only millionaire, the first millionaire from Dogecoin. He's like this 26-year-old who lives in LA. Of course, they played up his struggle story, like kid to Mexican immigrant parents mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. all live, you know, like they really played it up. But um, I'm into the vibes of because I I don't know I just like meet so many like POC that like don't have any knowledge of it and I kind of like I don't know I want to like do like a starter class in terms of like understanding the blockchain. You know I think that would be a great idea. Yeah. Um, I actually have had some well one really you know that's why I I wanted to talk to you about this a little bit at least because I had a very interesting. I would definitely classify him as a collector, call the gallery mm-hmm. to discuss what a con- you know, what selling uh, crypto artwork mm-hmm. and NFT, what selling it through the gallery would look like. Yeah. And I think that language is important to to suss out yeah. sooner than later. Yeah. We're working yeah. on that. That's right why now. everyone can let me just tell you where you met this beautiful individual first for a lot of people <laughs> who don't follow the art world. This will be a Googleable pod when somebody wins some you're gonna get some kind of like Fulbright prize thing right. for doing something and I'm Well like, my Nigerian parents would be so happy. <laughs> oh my god, they'd be like oh, she's a Fulbright <laughs> I'll be like, remember when you were on my blue cheese podcast, girl? <laughs> give me a <laughs> from your mouth to God's a, ears. Give me some uh, funds for my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, why are babies so expensive in New York, though? I don't know. Do you know what daycare is like? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I've heard. I've it's heard outrageous. from people. It's like thousands of dollars. That's why. Like, listen, that is who, why people quit their job. That? That's yeah. why people. That's why this fucked up classes divide the disparity of wealth. The assistance you get, I needed assistance. Yeah, I was in a pandemic. My salary was cut. I had a five month old baby. Yeah, they said I made too much money. I'm like, bitch, I can't pay my fucking rent. Yeah. Do you know what? And when the, when you when you apply for these grants and subsidies, and you have to give your gross income yeah i even said on the phone i had to get insurance for my health insurance for my baby they're like what's your gross income i'm like i felt uncomfortable i was yeah. like my gross income yeah. i think you should be asking for my net net yeah because that's forty thousand dollars less i mean forty yeah. percent less yeah forty percent less of what i say is my gross it's almost like i mean it's not almost it's like they don't want to help you out at all i know and you don't you know i wanted to put my son in this daycare and i didn't qualify for the subsidy because they said i made too much money but the one that i you know i had to go on a waiting list for one to try and get and if there was room it's like yeah you get more assistance if you make less money yeah so i'm in the middle i'm in like the middle working class yeah and i'm a little bit higher now that i'm a davis warner but i was air definitely <laughs> let's air horn let's play money also air for horn. that it's not, i'm not i'm not living the high life like my my family still can't <laughs> like no one can hit me up for money yet but the fact that i can pay my rent comfortably is yeah. a big deal but also i was also working two jobs just until last month mm-hmm. anyways Sheesh. there's a there's a appeal to 
if you if you're not if you've never been working class you won't understand especially in this i'm canadian so i was fucking blown away with the lack of assistance here mm-hmm. you i would you should quit your job because then you will get better health care options for free and or grossly subsidized yeah daycare options yeah housing options yeah it's like i don't qualify for housing options so i have to live in a bachelor apartment with my family and baby I make a little bit too much money because you ask for my gross income. Mm-hmm. Nigga, that shit is grossly misleading. No, it's, a, it's an incredibly it's up here. It's unfair incredibly unfair. System. And anybody who was born with the ability to access all those things, like speaking as a legal alien, again, coming from a country where that support was built in, you take that shit for granted. You come here, you realize that shit is fucked up. Yeah. It's largely racist, yeah. classist. It goes yeah. deep. Let's talk about redlining and access to money and mm-hmm. fucking options for people of color. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're telling me that I can't own a home. Yeah. Because I, it's just like the, 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 it's so backwards. You want to lease a car. Like I've gone through all these things. You want to get a credit card. I tried to get an apartment when I first moved here. I had to give six months rent. So I had to get that's a loan. That's illegal, by the way, for everybody that's listening. That's illegal. They made me, fr- I was just out of school. I was so afraid. Anyways, fuck this, fuck this system. Yeah, let's play money again. No, it's okay. But yeah, now I, a, I, I'm feeling you that know, money. Like, no, I'm happy more. that you brought that up because there's like a whole subset on TikTok. You know, I'm obsessed with TikTok. I post TikToks all the time on my Instagram Same. stories. Um, but there's like a whole subset or like section of TikTok for some reason that always comes up on my for you page Mm. but it like there are people complaining about not having access to housing because like the housing rules here like to rent an apartment are so ridiculous like you have to make 40 times your rent if you like have a credit score that's like below like what a 670 or something or like a 700 then you have to like get a grand tour if you can't find a grand tour, then you have to pay like a grand tour company, which is like, it's like, it's absurd. Insane. It's insane. How the hell does anybody live here? That's what I'm saying. It's like you, I mean, and also this, this new, um, you know, this article about how the 1% of the 1% avoid paying taxes uh-huh. by never liquidating their equity. Assets. So they, their assets. So they mm-hmm. just continue to get loans that they don't have to pay back because they just get more loans and mm-hmm. they, paid zero dollars in tax meanwhile i'm paying 40 percent in tax and still can't get health care for my baby i mean if we really want to like go there like i mean we're, we're right in the yeah bed i mean <laughs> let's end on a lighter note yeah um yeah. i do like how these pods get heavier yeah. Because I feel like we all have the same things on our mind and why not talk about it? I could get heavier. And that's why I have my own podcast and so we can talk about what we want. Yeah. You know, I used to produce um, syndicated radio and the rules for that kind of production was much more rigid yeah. in how like censoring it. I just it, like the podcast world so interesting to me because there are so few rules yeah. of what you can put out there. All you have to do is when you post it on your rss feed or whatever you click this button that says explicit content <laughs> and you're free Hello. to post it it's out there in um, the world it's awesome that is awesome all right we're gonna switch gears mm-hmm. i'm gonna um give you our rapid fire question session <laughs> air horn we should get an air horn button guys <laughs> Um, yeah. So a few rapid fire questions 
for the potential mechanical engineer. <laughs> now you have to answer them. I have to in- update my Insta bio now. You should, yeah, you should just be like global. global pace world leader. Yeah. I said global and world. Yeah. AKA. AKA. Hot girl. Astronaut. <laughs> engineer. Astronaut. <laughs> you know, one time I dated um, a, what's it called? Aerospace engineer. Did you? Yes. Shit. What was that like? Um, it was fine. <laughs> He's I like listening still, to this right yeah, now. Yeah, he like, might be. He's actually in New York now, but we've never, I mean, we, we parted ways amicably, but he, um, was very handsome and super smart, all mm-hmm. of the grants and stuff, but he was, was interesting was, this is such a diatribe guys. Sorry. We'll go back to rapid fire in a second. <laughs> But I kept saying when I'd get, we would like get Liddy or something, we hang out and be like, I'm dating an astronaut. But, you know, it was just funny. This super That's tall, like a flex. super tall black man. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like 6'5". Okay. And his father was a pretty well-respected scholar in Canada who wrote a lot about um, race and equality and accessibility mm-hmm. and focused largely on athletics and was like we shouldn't be breeding our black children to breeding. be sports stars like it shouldn't be the only point of access for success mm-hmm. so he has this six foot five son <laughs> who he kind of who? is like he kind of purposefully told him mm-hmm. not to play basketball uh-huh. but may- that's the sliding door moment for this gentleman mm. i wonder if maybe he could be a superstar making millions. he's probably making millions of dollars anyways <laughs> anyways here we go. Here's our he intro music calling. to our rapid fire session. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Sounds rapid fire, doesn't it? <laughs> Setting the vibe. All right, you have to answer quickly. Oh god. And th- from your gut. From my gut. I don't know if that's going to be good, as quick but... as possible. They're going to be easy. They're light. They're like feather questions. Mm, okay. I'll start with some feathers and end with some heavier okay. dumbbells. Okay. Hit me. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Juice or water? Juice. White or brown bread? Brown. Faster. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to keep a metro? A metronome? Metronome. That's fast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cake or donuts? Cake. There you go. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a quick learner. Pork or chicken? Chicken. Sausage or bacon? Sausage. Am I answering fast enough? Yeah, that's really good. I'm not fast enough with which ones I want to ask you. <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Hot or cold? Cold. Black or white? Black. <laughs> that was a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> if you could take any album with you to a desert island... It's the only thing you could play for the rest of your life. Which album would it be? Um, and you had to decide right now. I'm not holding it to you, f- to you, you to this forever. Everyone listening, this isn't set in stone today. Okay, I don't know the exact album name though, but it's a album by Metronomy. Um, it's like their, I would say their, their first mixtape album. Tell me the the title, and I'll be like, yes. It has a car on the front of it. I'm not good with names. Mm. Has a car on the front of it. Yeah. 
None of these have cards on the front. What's it called? Metronomy? Yeah. What's that one called? Nights Out. Nights Out. Nights Out full album. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a transition. That's a change. That was a change for you? Yeah. Well, it's not a change for me, but I think it's, it's playing like, right now, people in the back. It's a change from like Cardi. Like I'm a huge indie kid. That's like where I came from. I moved back to New York in like 2009. Like just that's that's what the scene was at that time, you know. I used to go to parties with my friends. Like it was the music I used to listen to. I take that with me. I feel like that's like the concrete. Like that's like who I am. Have you ever thought about your Desert Island album before? This seemed like your first call to Metronomy, no, which is cool. I haven't actually, but like I feel like I always come back to Metronomy all the time. And the lead of that band is like an amazing producer. What's his name? I don't know. <laughs> Girl, you better I just some, be listening to you. You better do some research on your Desert Island. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's the, that's the truth. Yeah, you just listen to it. It's totally. Yeah. I'm totally just. I know some balls. white man that makes really good music. <laughs> I wonder. Um, I love learning new music because I actually don't know this. Group. They're awesome. I'll send you a bunch of stuff. All their music's really good. Well, we're gonna end on Metronomy. Yeah. I think Sounds I might. Good. Sometimes I switch up the outro music, but I'm just gonna keep this playing because it's lovely. Sounds good. Thank you to my beautiful guest. Oh, I forgot to shout out Entrepreneur in the house. Gang, gang. Where's that gang, gang? <laughs> Come on, Entrepreneur. Gang, gang. Google that shit if you don't know it. Google it. Entrepreneur's at the table, baby. You don't know about it? Google it. Thank you to my beautiful guest. Thank you. Christiana Inikimba Boyle signing out. Signing out. Thanks to Taryn. Shout out to Taryn in the room for the first time. And every time from here on out. <laughs> Shout out to Montez Press. Shout out to Tom. Sai. What a great episode as usual. Thank you to my beautiful guest. Thank you. Created by me, Ebony L. Haynes. Also Period. a little PSA. You can catch the archive of blue cheese on spotify and apple music and wherever you get your podcasts i've been dying to say that shit dot dot done also you know look out for the special ep bonus b-side track for all of the guests coming up aya brown is up patia borja is about to be posted and i can't wait to make yours i've already started tonight i'm so excited to hear thanks everybody until next ep Ha, 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 ha.